wind comes sweeping down the plain, and the wavering wheat can sure smell sweet. When the wind comes right behind the The following contains depictions of violence and topics that some listeners may find difficult or triggering to hear. We ask the audience to exercise best judgment before listening to this production. Listener discretion is advised. Jones America, written by Jacob Foster, edited and produced by Alexandra Carr. Our story begins with two longtime partners, Eli and Diego. Eli had been adopted and never met any of his biological relatives, which is why he was surprised when he received a letter stating his long lost great aunt passed away and being that he was her only next of kin, he had inherited her estate, which actually wasn't much. It was just an old shack in the middle of Oklahoma, a shack in a town that residents call Jones, America. Diego, you really don't know how much I appreciate you coming with me on this trip. Of course. You know I'm always here for you, babe. I know you are. I mean, I know it's just a house full of junk, but since I've never met anyone in my biological family, it might get overwhelming going through everything. Look, I know it may be difficult for you, but I'll be right there to support you. Who knows? Maybe your great aunt has some old treasures hidden away that's actually worth something. <laughs> a boy can dream, anyway. Hey babe, I'm all packed and ready to go. Are you? Yeah, I'm ready. I guess we better leave so we can make decent time. Diego, thanks again for everything. I love you so much. The couple packed the trunk of the car with their luggage and set off on the open road. Eli hoped this trip would not be too emotionally hard and that he and Diego might be able to create an even stronger bond with each other and make new memories together. But as they arrive in the small town, they quickly realize that things may not go according to their plan. Thank goodness we're almost in town. We need to stop soon because we're almost on E. I think I see a gas station up there on the left. Let's stop here. I'm almost on E myself. Same. I'm ready to stretch my legs. Absolutely. My legs are killing me. Hmm. Must pay inside. Seems a little outdated, no? I'll go in and pay, babe. All right, I'll come with. I need some water. As the men approached the store, they noticed a sign out front that read, Johnny's Country Store, established 1909 in Jones, America. A rebel flag was hanging above the store entrance. Oh shit, seriously? You see that flag and that sign? Established in Jones, America. Hmm, yeah, not cool. And if we didn't desperately need gas, We'd get back in the car right now and go. Let's just get in and out as quickly as possible. Oh my god. Do you see all those guns and all that ammo on the walls? Babe, we should definitely hurry. I'm getting really uncomfortable in here. Yeah, me too. Let's just pay for the gas and leave. I'm coming! I'm coming! 
Well, don't you boys look mighty festive in them bright colors. Uh, thanks. What do you two need? We just want to fill up on pump one. You gonna be paying with cash or credit? Using my card. Well, then I'm gonna need to see some ID then. Is that really necessary? Seeing as you ain't from around these parts, it's more than necessary. <laughs> Store policy, you know? Diego handed the cashier his cards. The cashier looked at the ID, then back at the credit card several times. Fill up on pump one, huh? Yep, that'll be it. The cashier swiped the card with frustration and then handed the cards back out to Diego. As Diego grabbed the cards, the cashier wouldn't let go, staring at the two men with disgust. Hey, give me my cards back. What's the big deal? Just a warning to you boys. You might ought to tone down those high-pitched voices, tight little shorts, and rainbow bracelets. Because most people around here, well, we don't take too kindly to your folk. Fuck you. We literally just gave your business our money. <laughs> Let's get out of here, babe. Yeah, next time we'll spend our money elsewhere. <laughs> you boys have a blessed day. Eli and Diego were certainly annoyed with the small town, backwoods attitude that the cashier had. But they were by no means shocked by it. Being that they were in such a conservative rural town, they quickly filled up the tank and hit the road for the last bit of drive. After about 15 minutes, they pulled up to what very well could be their final destination. Well, here we are. Wow. So that's it, huh? That's all my biological family ever left me. An old shack with a storage building behind it. I guess I should have known not to expect too much more from them. Come on now, babe. If you hadn't been put up for adoption, we would have never met. And to be honest, I can't even begin to imagine my life without you. Besides, it's their loss because you turn out to be so amazing. Oh, thank you, babe. You always know what to say. Well, I guess we better go inside. Are you sure that you're ready? We can take a few more minutes if you need to. I'm as ready as I'll ever be. Want to take some pictures before you go inside? You know, so we can show everyone back home the grand estate you've inherited. <laughs> <laughs> you can. My phone died all the way up here, but it would be nice to have some pictures just for the memories. All right, let's get a few selfies. Jeez. Jeez. All right, I'm ready. Let's go in. Eli approached the door nervously, unsure of what they would find in the old abandoned looking house. But as he got closer, he realized the door was partially open. Hey, Diego? This door is already open. Hmm, that's weird. Maybe the wind blew it open? Hmm, maybe a wild animal got in? I mean, we are out in the backwoods. I don't know. Something feels off. It's weird. Babe, stop. We came all this way. We should go in. I'm right by your side. There's no reason to be scared. Okay. Okay. You're right. Here goes nothing. Ugh. It smells in here. Look at all this trash. Those food wrappers? This place is worse than I thought. Looks like somebody trashed this place. 
so much for finding anything worth money around here. Yeah, it doesn't look promising. Hey, well, we might as well look around. Hey, babe, come look over here in this closet. Looks like there's quite a few old-timey looking guns in here and a shit ton of ammo, too. Hmm. Maybe my great aunt was a gun collector? Maybe. Sure seems like people around here really love their firearms. Well, yeah, don't you know? This is Merca. <laughs> well, other than these guns, there's not much here. And we really don't have any use for them, so... I'm thinking we could sell them and make some money? I'd say it's definitely worth a shot. What was that? It sounded like it came from out back. Let's go see what it was. Diego, I don't think that's a good idea. Babe, I'm sure it's nothing. Let's just see what's out back and then we can leave. Maybe that's where she was hiding all her treasure. Fine. Let's just be fast. I really don't want to be here much longer. The two men opened the back door and approached what appeared to be an old storage building. That must have been where the loud sound had come from. They approached the building hesitantly, leery of what may be inside. After all, what could have made all that noise? Eli stood behind Diego, grabbing him by the waist as he turned the knob and slowly opened the door. Hello? Anybody in there? There was no answer. It was dim inside the building and neither Eli nor Diego could see clearly. They stepped into the building and began to look around. Their jaws dropped when they saw all kinds of guns and ammunition stacked from the floor to the ceiling. Everything from the old-timey guns, like the ones in the house, to semi-automatic and assault rifles. Holy shit. I guess my great-aunt really was a gun collector. This was more than just collecting. This is obsessive, like hoarding or stockpiling. My god, what the hell is she doing with all this stuff? Suddenly, the door slammed shut behind them. They both jumped, startled by the noise. They turned towards the door to make a quick escape, but there was something blocking the door. It was a man with long, wild hair, a greasy, overgrown beard, black, beady little eyes, and shards of yellow teeth protruding from his mouth. Oh my god! What the fuck? Who the hell are you? The real question is, who the fuck are you? And what are you doing on my property? This is my property. I inherited this place from my great aunt. Priscilla? <laughs> Love this place to you? I don't believe it. You're full of shit. I took care of this place for years after she couldn't do it no more. I've earned this. It's mine. This property legally belongs to my boyfriend. He is her only living relative. You need to leave now. Boyfriend? Boyfriend? <sighs> what do you two Nancy boys think you're gonna do? Okay, that's it. I'm calling the police. Diego reached for his pockets and pulled out his phone. As he began dialing 911, a shot suddenly rang out. The sound startled him, causing him to jump, which sent the phone tumbling out of his hands and sliding across the room before he could complete the call. Eli and Diego were afraid that the shot had possibly hit one of them. When they looked up, they realized the wild-eyed man had only fired a warning shot into the ceiling. You two queers ain't going nowhere. Now, get on your knees and put your hands behind your back. <laughs> Please, sir, just let us go. We don't want anything here. You can have it. You can have it all. It should have been mine to begin with. I lived in this here building when I was helping take care of your aunt, and I ain't about to move out now. This is my home, 
And these are my guns now. Come on, man. Just, just let us go. We don't want this house or these guns. Of course you two don't. I know you're tight. Tree-hugging liberals trying to take away everyone's guns and everyone's rights. Always shoving your liberal babble bullshit agenda down everyone's throat. Well, I don't take too kindly to that shit. <laughs> it's time to teach you and your kind of lesson. The man picked up another gun from the shelf, a pistol, which he then slid on the floor over to Diego, all the while never taking his aim off of the two of them. Pick it up. No! I said pick it up. Now! There. I did it. Fucking shoot him. You boys don't get any bright ideas. Or else I'll redecorate the walls with both y'all's brains. What the fuck? Please just let us go. If you boys cooperate and learn your lesson, I may think about letting you go. Look, we'll do whatever you want. Oh yeah? Cock the gun. <laughs> what? Do it. Please, no. I said do it. Cock the gun. Okay, okay. Now. You say it was his aunt that left him the property. So because of him, I'm in risk of losing something I love. So, I want you to feel that same risk. Losing something you love. What? Put the gun in his mouth. No. Oh, no. I said, put the gun in his mouth. The wild-eyed man shot in the direction of Eli and Diego, the bullet piercing the wall behind them. They both dropped to the floor, terrified and desperate for their lives. Now, do what I say, or I'll kill you both right now. Put the gun in his mouth! Diego reluctantly began lifting the gun, tears running down both of their faces. Diego, what are you doing? Please, this is crazy. Babe, just trust me. I love you. Okay, okay. I love you too. Eli opened his mouth. Diego's hands were shaking as he inched the pistol closer and closer to his lover's mouth. Tears continued to stream down Eli's cheeks as he began to taste the metal from the barrel entering his mouth. Eli cries out while the gun is in his mouth. That's it, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Just like that. The aim of the wild man's gun started to waver as he laughed and enjoyed the agony he was causing. Diego saw this as an opportune time to make a bold move. He quickly pulled the pistol out of Eli's mouth and aimed it right at their assailant. Fuck you! Fuck! Shit! <laughs> nice fucking try, Nancy boy. You thought I'd be dumb enough to hand you a loaded gun? Now you really asked for it. You queers better start packing your bags for hell. The wild-eyed man raised his gun at Eli and Diego once again. This time they felt there really was no way out. That this was really the end. Time seemed to be moving slowly. They could only watch as he cocked the gun and put his finger on the trigger. Just as his finger began to slide into position, a sound coming from behind the wild-eyed man began to ring out. It was Diego's cell phone. What the? The sound caught the wild-eyed man off guard. He turned instinctively to see what was making the noise. When he turned his back, Diego lunged towards him, tackling him to the ground and knocking the gun out of his hand. Diego began punching the man in the face over and over. 
Eli, grab the phone. I've got it. Let's go. Babe, let's go. Eli pulled Diego off of him. The man had been knocked unconscious. Both Eli and Diego rushed out of the shack, making their way towards the vehicle. Diego dialed 911. 911, what is your emergency? Please send help to 425 Northwest 7th Street. My boyfriend and I have just been attacked. Please hurry. Help is on the way. Eli and Diego reached the car, exhausted and out of breath. The police showed up within a few minutes. Thank God. What seems to be the trouble? We, we were attacked. My boyfriend and I were attacked. Attacked? Yes. See, I, I inherited this house from my great aunt, and we were going through everything. We were attacked by a crazy man who'd been living in there. Well, my goodness. Sounds like you boys have been through quite an ordeal. Y'all mind coming down to the station with me to answer a few questions? I need it for my report. Of course, officer. We are just ready to get out of here. Diego and Eli stared out the window of the cop car as they prepared themselves to answer whatever questions the officer may have for them. They were relieved to be alive and out of the nightmare they just experienced. They could see the police station in the distance on the right side of the road, but instead of slowing down, the officer kept going and drove past the station. Um, that was, um, that was the police station back there, wasn't it? It sure was. Why didn't you stop? I, th I thought you said that's where we were going. Officer, what's going on? Where are you taking us? Well, boys, we really aren't going down to the station after all. I'm taking y'all somewhere else. You see, I'm not sure if you boys have heard or not, but around here, we don't take too kindly to your folk. How about a double dose of horror? The Queer Fierce team has cooked up a brand new podcast titled Horror, horror Society, Society, where we dive deeper into the world of horror and all things queer. Stream episodes bi-weekly and feed your dark horror soul.